dim the lights because it's time for the summer season finale of the box office preview podcast this is an onstage blog podcast network production i am your host greg Earhart, contributor to onstage blog and on screen joining me today my co-host he's not fast he's not particularly furious either except if you dare say a negative word about tom brady it's on-screen chief critic and chief budget analyst, Ken Jones. Ken, welcome. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm happy football's starting. <laughs> Training camp, baby. Yeah. Hey, Going for ring number seven. Sure, sure. Why not? <laughs> Just sign up the next five rings for you. Tom Brady will play till he's 50, right? I mean, Pretty uh, much. Yeah. Well, have you seen the, you know, the old, the, uh, Oh, don't ruin my, my segue. I had the perfect segue. Come on. I'm sorry, but have you seen the face app, uh, thing where people age Tom Brady and instead of having six rings, he, he's got 12. Oh, that's, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the segue's ruined. Thanks to you, you just okay. had to get in a plug for Tom Brady. But that's okay, right. let's let's rewind it. And, Some, yeah. someone, <laughs> someone who I hope will get to uh, fifty movies or so is Quentin Tarantino. Um, he had his ninth movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, come out this past weekend, and it had a solid box office. It actually, it yes, it did. It has, I believe, is his highest um, opening weekend ever. Yeah, by a couple million. Yeah, by forty-one point one million, uh, came coming in second to the Lion King, which of course won the weekend at with seventy-six point six million. But a uh, very good result uh, for Mr. QT and Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and all the good folks there at forty-one point one. Uh, I guessed he would come in at thirty-five, and Ken, you guessed forty-four, so you win. You win the week there. Yeah. And do I have regrets? Um. I I regret I probably slow played Leo Leo's appeal a little bit. Um, I think I liked my factors for going that number, but um, I think Leo is it's true what they say. He's probably you know, he's one of the last stars remaining right now. So um, be interesting to see what the the feedback is mixed a little little mix a little a more little mix mixed. than a typical QT movie. Um, I, I think, think the was the audience grade was like a, a B. Or, yep. or something like that. Yeah, cinema score was B. And there's some buzz that there's like I, I made reference to this last week. There's like really on point, like focus Tarantino, and then there's sort of rambly, I'm not gonna edit a single word <laughs> out of this Tarantino. <laughs> and that this movie had a little much of the you know, rambly Tarantino, so to speak. I mean, maybe a when little you say bit, rambly, but... it's in love because he's a great writer and yes. his rambles are much more interesting than you know, most writers, you know, focus sentences and stuff. Having uh, having seen the movie, he's definitely prone to some um, self-indulgence. Yes. Uh, and it's definitely, if you're critical of, of him thinking he needs an editor, <laughs> then you're probably going to see that in, in this movie. Yeah. But, it's, but if you're okay with it, then it's more of a leisurely kind of movie uh, going through the the 60s in Hollywood. Yeah, so I think the the other concern I heard was, this is more from the woke crowd, but it seems sort of, I think, a, a relevant concern is, it see, and you tell me what you thought about this, was it seemed to make a little too much light out of not only the Manson murders, but also 
um, some other murders that happen um, on screen. Um, they made it pretty uh, comedic. Um, I don't want to really spoil it. Uh, yeah, but I, I I won't get into spoilers either. But it definitely um, I don't think it makes light of the Manson murders as much as it kind of makes light of the Manson family mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in the in the end. Um, yeah, that's about as far as I'm willing to go with that. Okay, okay. So anyway, it's uh, it's Quentin Tarantino. We're whether we have one movie left or maybe a couple more. We're only we're. I don't see him making too many more movies left, so we gotta treasure what we can and uh, be interested to see what sort of legs uh, this movie has. Moving on to this week, we have, again, this is the final episode of what we're calling the end of the summer season, uh, for all intents and purposes. There are obviously more movies coming out in August, but this is the last uh, big mega release until we get IT Chapter 2. Um, in, in first week of September, it is Ho- Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, the ninth Fast and Furious movie uh, that we have in the Fast and Furious universe. Uh, so there's some interesting storylines uh, to talk about here. The first one I want to talk about, actually, I don't want to lead off with Fast and Furious like as a franchise or as a universe. Actually, I want to lead off with Dwayne Johnson because um, I was looking at his career sort of as a star. And I wanted to ask you, so he is, he is the most iconic uh, movie star we have right now. He has a gajillion Instagram followers and Twitter followers and all that. He's the most recognizable guy we have in Hollywood. I wanted to ask you though, is he a little overrated as a box office draw based off of the fact that if you go through his last like 10 movies, I would argue that he's only really overperformed in one of them. And I would say that, and that being San Andreas back in 2015. Right. And San San Andreas opened to 55 million. He was the star, you know, and it was a kind of an old school disaster flick, but I mean, it was it. Like, you're going to see it. You're going to see it for, you know, obviously, disaster flick, but also for him. It did 55. But his last few movies have been either like, Average or below average? I'll just run through a few of them. Oh. So hmm. we have like so, and he didn't have a starring role in this. So this isn't quite fair. But Fighting with My Family came out February 2018. Yeah, oh, he's lifetime only a very small role in that movie. Fair, fair, but still only 23 million. Skyscraper, that's like his movie. That is like you're gonna see this if you want to see The Rock. That yeah. only op- that only opened to, that was opened to less than 25 million. So that, that's that's a very poor result for what's supposed to be like the biggest box office star we have. Rampage opened to 35 million. Not bad. That's a that's, so- that's a solid. That's not- actually that's pretty good for April. Yeah, understood. Jumanji. He stars with Kevin Hart. So this is he and Kevin Hart working together. Now that legged out really well, but only opened to 36 million. Yeah, but. Um, Still, it made four hundred million dollars. Super like understood. I would, I would, I would say that's the other movie that really overperformed. Y- yeah, nobody was predicting four hundred million dollars for that movie. Right. I, I look to, and this may not be fair. I, I look to more opening weekend in terms of measuring a box office star, just because it's yeah, people I mean, aren't waiting for word of mouth. They're not waiting for okay. see like oh, this is good or not. Yeah, you can argue that it's fine, and we may have to have that discussion here. I mean, that one, I would, I would argue that thirty-six million, the uh, in December, right around Christmas, is is pretty good because 
usually around the holiday, there's like five or six really big releases. Yeah, I'd have to see what else. I mean, that opened after uh, the Star Wars movie. Um, so, uh, right. Yeah, so now he had Kevin Hart Open too. The, so we can't, we can't discount that as, you know, he, he, he basically worked as, you know, he had Kevin Hart's help with that as well. So it, it opened the same week as The Greatest Showman mm-hmm. and Downsizing, meh. And then yeah, right. It's Perfect 3, meh. Yeah. Before that was Baywatch, which was a bomb. That was an, that was just an absolute bomb. Yeah, Open that was point five million poor reviews. I though again, I think if you're the big, biggest box office star, I think you have to do better than eighteen point five. You know, just just by your force of nature, you should get to high twenties on that. That's that would be my argument. Uh, before that, we faded the Furious, which just doesn't really. I'm not really counting that for him because that's a franchise movie, and there's a lot there's a lot of things going on there that draws. Uh, movie essential intelligence before that another one with kevin hart 35 million skipping solid over, skipping over moana i am because there's a lot going on in moana um it's you know we've talked about this with voiceovers how much does he have as an impact he's great moana by the way perfect perfect casting choice and, yes. and um but there's it's a disney and people just go to see a disney flick because it's disney kind of thing so i'm just i am skipping over that long okay. story short uh, then we have San Andreas, Furious 7, Hercules, which is another, like, I'm Dwayne Johnson, go see us in a movie, 29.8. Again, not terrible. Yeah. I'd expect a little bit more if that's, and again, that was a decent Rotten Tomato movie. So Honestly, like, I, I think he goes into a uh, slightly different level with San Andreas to mm-hmm. today compared to before San Andreas. That's fair. Yep. Yep. Because Hercules, Pain and Gain, <laughs> G.I. Joe Retaliation, Snitch, mm-hmm. Journey, mm-hmm. Journey to the Mysterious Island. Like, that's not, uh, yeah, that's uh, just a different period of, uh, of Dwayne yeah. the Rock Johnson. So, he ha- so the movies are just, he has a couple unequivocal bombs. Skyscraper, Baywatch, and I think that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, and you can argue a couple movies in his favor. San Andreas is absolutely like, I'm the star. I'm bringing us to $50 million. Uh, and then a couple right around the middle, uh, both of the movies with Kevin Hart, and uh, which is Jumanji Rampage, I think is right in the middle. Like maybe call that a little slight win. So your thoughts. So it sounds like you're thinking, not I'm poo-pooing this too much. Uh, maybe a little bit too much. Okay. I, I think that... Uh... His his record clearly is not without blemish, but he's also been pretty solid in making. I mean, I'm looking at uh, you know from 2015 to 2018, he's got one, two, three, three movies over 200 million dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and then one, two, three, four, five, six movies over 100 million. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a couple of those are Fast and Furious movies, um, which which leads us, of course, because this week's movie is a Fast and Furious movie. Oh, I wasn't even and, counting Furious Seven, so that would right. be four, and then and then yeah, another one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so this so Hobbs and Shaw is another. It's sort of a half. I, I consider it half a Dwayne Johnson vehicle and half a Fast and Furious vehicle. Yeah, um, and yeah, a little Jason Statham thrown in, which we'll get to him in a little bit. But let me talk. Let's talk about 
let's let's talk about Fa- the Fast and Furious franchise. So this is a little bit of a step for them. They're 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 starting off with the spinoff. Uh, we've had eight movies before we finally decided. <laughs> oh, we got a brand here. Uh, I think so. Well, before I get into my thoughts, let me ask you: Where do you think? Is Fast and Furious a franchise big enough to just keep? Is it is it is it the American James Bond franchise where it's just going to keep like going and going and going with? Oh dear God, I hope not. (laughs) We're gonna. I mean, I know that Dom and and Letty had a or Dom had a baby by the end of the last movie. Oh, spoiler! I haven't seen. I haven't seen Fate of the Furious. I know. How have no. you not seen? You're the biggest <sighs> Fast and Furious fan. No, no, no. I'm that not, I think no. I know. Uh, oh, that you know. Oh, wow. That's pretty sad if that's true. I mean, uh, maybe not. But, <laughs> I, mean, I thought you were all in on this franchise. When we do um, Nine Fast, Nine Furious next spring, we're getting my brother yeah. on. Like, he's definitely like one of the okay. biggest fans I know. And he, yeah. I, yeah, he, he'll act like you acted with Quentin Tarantino last week, um, <laughs> just with unabashed fan, but we'll get him on the pod. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, it's, it's entirely possible that they, they put that in there to, to set the stage for this to be, you know, running into its, you know, twenties and thirties for sequels. <laughs> but, uh, I, so I don't know. We had, so it, it, so let me first say, if they're going to do a spinoff, these are the two right characters to do it, because obviously one of them is one of the biggest box office draws in the world. But also, these are the two most interesting characers. Uh, obviously, Outside of... Well, yeah. I, I was going to well, say, I mean, maybe I, not I even outside, outside of, of, but actually, yeah, they are yeah. the two most interesting yeah. characters. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, so, if you're going to do a spinoff, these are the guys to do it with. I, I, Again, I'm not the right person to speak to this, but I don't find in most of the other characters interesting enough to support a spinoff and i no, but i, I bet either. your butt they're gonna try probably I mean, with michelle you know rodriguez's character letty maybe um, maybe ludicrous <laughs> <laughs> sure sure uh, <laughs> i did find it interesting i was reviewing the box office for this franchise and i did not until today fully appreciate what a monster this franchise oh, yeah. was even before but even before fast five so i'm just gonna read you quickly the adjusted for inflation totals for the franchise so the first one again adjusted for inflation 230 million lifetime it had a 3.6 multiplier opened at uh 63 million you know adjusted the second one which is by the way too fast too furious is an awful awful movie it is horrendous 100 still did 190 million um in adjusted dollars the third one, which most fans don't even recognize, I don't either Tokyo Drift, where I think only a couple of the characters were in it. So that's that did ninety million. That's sort of the black sheep, box office wise and quality wise. Four Fast, Four Furious, uh, which awful, which also is an awful movie, still did hundred and eighty-seven million adjusted for inflation. Then we get to the good movies, which is Five Fast, two hundred thirty-four million. Six fast, two hundred fifty-seven million. Seven fast, three hundred and seventy million dollars. I love your commitment to the uh, (laughs) to to the numbering of this. (laughs) Uh, Opened at one hundred fifty-four million, which is an incredible number for a non-superhero, you know, movie. Mm. Uh, Although, yeah, that was like my brother saying, "These are superheroes." You know, blah. blah. Well, I mean, to be fair, that was also. Paul Walker's swan song, I believe. So, Paul Walker, yeah, Paul Walker. 
I know, I know, I know, <laughs> oh, I know. There the, the fans there was... of the franchise <laughs> went out extra to see that. Right, understood, understood. So, the, and then, and then 8 Fast did uh, $227 billion. So, the curve peaked, had its many apex at Fast 7, you know, 369, and then 8 came down, you know, 227, which is about the levels of Fast 5 and still above the first four. So, the last thing I want, interesting I wanted to bring up from a box office perspective is we talk about multipliers, and so typically if you have like a if your total box office is three times your opening weekend, that's a really good result. It means you know, word of mouth is pretty good, and it's generally a good movie, and people really want to see it. If you're under two, that's really horrendous. It means all of your fans went to see it the first weekend. There is basically zero word of mouth. So the typical movie is about 2.5 to 2.7. And every Fast and Furious movie, except for the first one, is at two point is below 2.6. And the last four since Fast Five are all below 2.5. So these are all pretty front-loaded movies. Um, and even and all well reviewed for the most part. Um, but well. you know, it's, yeah. No, I mean, you know, really? fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were. I don't remember eight fast, um, but fast, fast five through seven were all well reviewed. Oh yeah, um, those were. Yeah. I mean, but like, if, yeah, the first like four were not. Oh no, the first four were horrendous. Were horrendous. I don't know about the first one. The first one might have been okay, but um, yeah, two, three, and four were terrible as they should have been. Um, let me see here. I'm pulling up the rankings here. Fifty-three percent for the Fast and the Furious. So this is this is going in order here from the first one to the latest one. Uh, Fifty-three, thirty-six, thirty-eight, twenty-nine, seven, and then it jumps to seventy-seven for mm-hmm. Fast Five. And that's the best of the bunch. That's crazy. That's it really, it yeah, surprisingly is. No, uh, that's Fast. Uh, I'll say Fast Five is. A legitimately good action movie. One of movie. the best stri- non-comic book action movies in the 21st century. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not overstepping. Like, it, it's a legitimately great action movie. Uh, Furious 6, 70%. Mm-hmm. Furious 7, 81%. Mm-hmm. And The Fate of the Furious, 67%. 7%. Yeah, so, I mean, those are all positive uh, tomato meters. So, I... So they're on record. So I should say they. Vin Diesel's on record as saying he definitely wants. So Nine Fast, Nine Furious is coming out next spring. He was on record saying he wants to get to ten, uh, ten Fast. Which why not? You know, it's he and Quentin Tarantino. They're all turns. <laughs> and uh, you know they uh, <laughs> they want to end with ten. Um, so <laughs> oh man, I don't. But but. My point of reading all this box office is this is a fran- this is a this is a monster franchise. They're not if if this if nine and ten finish above like one fifty, they're gonna keep they're gonna make them with new people. I mean, well, there's, I was gonna it, say that that could be why they're doing the spinoffs. Yes, no, or I'm at correct. least the spinoff, hoping hoping that they can continue the franchise in another direction when right because these characters need to be like. Put out the pasture, <laughs> right? Oh, because you could easily get a little mini trilogy out of Hobbs and Shaw if this. Oh one yeah. Goes well, uh, if you try with Letty and Ludacris's character, I'm sure you know you can get a little spin off that. That's probably what they'll try and do. But they'll, 
there definitely will res you know Dom Toretto's son in ten years or something. Oh, you know, we have a whole new We're gonna, show. Yep, <laughs> it's just all about like, family. Just like the Shaft uh, sequel this summer. <laughs> uh, here, <laughs> hey, who would win in an acting face-off, Keanu Reeves or Vin Diesel? Keanu. Ooh, that's close. No, it's not know. close. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's really not. I, that, that's I could not answer that as quickly as you did. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's pretty close. So let's talk about Jason Statham. Uh, he's mentioned a couple of times. Okay, let's. So <laughs> don't mind if I do. The so Jason Statham has obviously been known as sort of being one of these Steven Seagal type actors, where he's known for his uh, his fighting style, his unique fighting style. He's known for these really quirky, niche action movies like Crank and The Mechanic. I think he's a little more highly regarded than Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal was pretty highly regarded back back in the day. What? As Uh, as a star? Absolutely. I mean, Seagal was huge. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't. I mean, Statham has not had the career yet that Seagal or Van Damme or any of these other, you know. What? He has not. Absolutely. Oh, not. I disagree. Oh, no, no, no. He's had a much better career than either one of those two. Oh, no. Van Damme. Yes. Sam was in legitimate action. Many, many legitimate action movies. Nathan has been a couple. I mean, that's... All right. Yeah. No, 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 right. no. Uh, we're going to have to... Yeah, I, de- I, de- I demand you write an article about this one, breaking it down. <laughs> I don't need one. Here's Statham. I'm going to start, so... Statham's last movie. So, so his last movies. I'm going to count out the, the Fast and Furious in a second. So we had the Meg, which is legitimate action. That was last year. The Mechanic Resurrection, which is like you know basically. Well, let's, let's, well, hold on, time out. Let's start at the beginning of his career and work up to where well, we are. Okay, we don't. We, this is not going to be a three-hour podcast. Ken. I mean, I'll go fast. I'll go fast. You guys keep the snappy. Here, I'll okay? go fast. Lock, yeah. sock, and two smoking barrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, snatch. Three million. Yep. Snatch. I'm just uh, talking. I'm not, I'm talking quality of movie. No. But also, also all the like box office. But I'm not. Ta- but uh, I'm not talking quality of movie. I'm talking okay. about like box office star. You know. That's, okay. Fine. That's, yeah. uh, the transporter franchise. Twenty five million. Yeah. And then the transporter two. Mm-hmm. Forty three. Okay. Anyways, uh, the Italian job. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Now, do you have a big part in that? I never saw that. Pretty big. He, I think was he it? was uh, Mark Wahlberg's like right hand guy in that okay. movie. Okay. Uh, the Italian Job, uh, the Collateral. Um, He's. I don't even remember him in Collateral. But I don't okay. either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even. He must have been like a hitman. Honestly, I don't think I saw Collateral. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of box office draw here. And just to remind you, to... he starred. He starred in the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale. I'll just yeah, remember. there is that. <laughs> okay, so he's not necessarily a box office draw. Oh, he's really not a box office draw. He's he's not. He's had a couple. I mean, wow. named a couple of his better ones, but it's he's you know, again. It's not that's not taking away anything from him. I enjoy Jason Statham. It's just his movies are pretty niche. I mean, they're in. They're in these really quirky action movies where again, like Crank, where he's got to <laughs> restart his heart every, you know, ten right. minutes. Over the premise of that movie okay. is. I need to. I need to look at John Claude Van Damme. Oh, please! Oh, I'm more than happy. I'm more than happy to go over his career. Let's see. 
So this now the box office will be a little tricky because his are older movies and you oh. have to you have to adjust, well no you have to adjust these for inflation and stuff and so Kung Fu Panda two does not count by the way I'm not I you know me where I stand <laughs> in animated movies so again Bloodsport which just is an incredible cinematic achievement so I mean he gets five stars we're not talking me. about. We're not talking about quality. Bloodsport is an exception to every rule. Um, (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, I would start with probably Double Impact and Universal Soldier. I mean, these are like, Universal Soldier was like a mainstream, like, action movie. So either way, his biggest movie was Time Cop. Which is which is very underrated, by the way. Oh gosh! Oh, time. Ron Silver as the enemy uh, at time trap. <laughs> okay, John okay, fair, fair, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, that is. I got you. Got, see that. You got me on that one. I got. I, I, I willingly see that point <laughs> for, for Ron Silver. Uh. Okay, so, so where would, were we? Yeah, so we were talking about Statham. Having a niche career, niche actiony career, he's had a couple of solid hits. Um, back, you know, but going back into two thousands, the Italian Job, where he had more singular roles. But he's come on lately. So again, like the Meg was a legitimate um, box office hit, which he had to do with it. I think people saw it to see a giant shark and also to watch him, Jason Statham, battle a giant shark. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is: Is so? Would you consider Jason Statham a star as of this moment? What is his star power? Uh, I think he's probably more of the, like you said, the, the, the niche, 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 uh, (laughs) uh, action star than he is, uh, a a bonafide movie Mm. star. Uh, he seems to, uh, be better in the supporting roles when it comes to box office draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's in the Expendable movies or the Fast and Furious movies, or even being <laughs> even being a supporting role in the comedy movie Spy from a couple years ago, which and, was and, uh, amazing. He was amazing. He was amazing. He was by far the best part of that movie. Yeah, just just a terrific uh, <laughs> uh, change of pace from him. Right. Right. Uh, basically lampooning. Uh, the, the kind of role that he'd be famous for, <laughs> right? So, right, yeah, yeah. I, I largely agree. I I'm pleased he's getting more like uh, bigger roles uh, in sort of more blockbuster type movies. Again, like I thought he was terrific in Fast Seven, playing the villain. In there, Meg, he was fine. the The question I have is, what else is there for him? See, he he can't. He's almost to he can never play like a down and out cop who tries to you know get his career back through getting you know uh catching that criminal like the role that um what's his name black panther guy is gonna play in uh, 21 bridges like he oh, can't just yeah. play like he, like he can't play that guy because no one would believe him you know because we know he kicks too much ass you know kind of thing so i do wonder i think his roles just would have to be limited and on that note, I want to read you uh, an email we got uh, from a reader named Frank. Frank asks, "Is what role would Jason Statham have to take in order for him to win an Oscar? Like, what, 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 uh, <laughs> what 
I, I'm interpreting that like if he, if Jason Statham was hell bent on getting an Oscar, and his he told his agent, "Work the mm. phone, find me a role." What 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 would be the role of that for him to win an Oscar? Wow, you can't spring these on me like this, man. <laughs> I just got this email a couple hours ago. Sorry, I, I'm completely flummoxed. <laughs> I'll start. So I think it would have to be so I, I we one of two things. So one is sort of. Sort of a role in the, along the lines of spy, you know, again, comedic, you know, and sort of like how Melissa McCarthy owned the role in Bridesmaids where she was just, you know, so funny and also kind of played um, a humanity to the character. I think Statham had to find that role or it would have to be some some historic role. But again, it would have to be I'm not sure what that role is. Mm. But again, you just have to kind of own it. Maybe again, it could be a villain role because villains have won best, you know, supporting actors before. So it could be something like that. But I, I'm I'm tending to think he's just I think I think he's just outsized most of these types of roles because we just know who he is and what a badass he is. All right. I got I got the answer. Okay. Go ahead. He plays the Liam Neeson slash Jackie Chan slash whatever uh, mentor role to like some up and coming kind of character mm-hmm. in the movie. So mm-hmm. he's, he's, he, I mean, he would have to age another like 15 to 20 years <laughs> to get right, to this position. Right. Um, yeah. Right. But he would have to, I, I'm thinking more of like, yeah, like a mentor role where like, Maybe almost like Sly Stallone in Creed. Creed, yeah, 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 that's, that's like a that path. kind of, yep, like that kind path. of that kind of character. Okay, I don't know what the what the movie would be like. What the what sage uh, mentor um, <laughs> <laughs> advice he is handing down to some well, be, character? I'll but take advice from him any 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 time. Maybe he would be great. Whether it's hunt, shark hunting or <laughs> <laughs> or you know. Attaching cables to your heart to uh... right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's a very experienced man. He, he had a lot to teach uh, teach a youngster. So, so this, so in the trailers, it looks like he's loving. Uh, he's having a really good time along with Dwayne Johnson. So it should be a lot of fun to see him kind of doing this. Um, I particularly enjoyed the bit in the trailer where he and Dwayne Johnson are taking like parallel paths to the. Uh, to the eye scanner thing, and I forget who, who's oh. the one that's battling all the bad guys. Is it Statham? I forget. Mm, I, forget I, I forget. All I remember <laughs> yeah. is the only one I remember is when they're taking competing paths down a building. Yeah, where Statham's oh, yeah. taking the elevator, and that's right. <laughs> so it sounds like it's going to be kind of based on what I remember and what you remember, something of an odd couple uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Like and again, Imagine we've that. seen. We've seen that Statham has comedic chops from Spy, and I think from what we've seen in this movie too. So this could be a lot of fun, and uh, perhaps this, you know, springboard Statham into I don't know more comedic roles. I don't know. We'll see. Can, can we just mention for a moment the fact that his character in in Fury Seven was the villain, yes, who, who not only killed Han, and then he blew up Dom's house in right. Los Angeles, right, right, yep, and then by the end of uh, the Fate of the Furious, there. You know, toasting and and sure, he's, yeah. he's par- celebrating his 
as part of the crew. So. In the end, you can't hate <laughs> Jason Statham for too long. You know, it's just that's just the way. That's just it's Statham's world. We're just living in it. You he's, know, he's now part of the family. <laughs> family is everything to Dom Toretto. Okay, before we get to Seed and Sea, I wanted to ask you give me one more question. So. This isn't uh, just Statham and Dwayne Johnson's party here. We also have Idris Elba, who is uh, playing a villain yet again uh, in Hobbs and Shaw. He's playing a what looks to be a superhuman uh, terrorist or gangster or something or other. And this is at least the third, if not fourth time, Idris Elba has played a villain, villain role. I wanted to ask you, Ken, do you think Idris Elba is being used correctly? And is he being cast correctly? Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a loaded question. It is. A, it is <laughs> I, do, I love loaded questions, yes. Especially uh, loaded I, questions I haven't prepared you for. So Yeah, yeah no, I... I mm, there's some... I would love to see him in more stuff. I, I, He's been in a lot of stuff, though. He I has. Think. I'd like to see him in better... Like, just better, more stuff. I agree. I, I more, agree more better stuff. More good things for Idris Elba. He needs to, uh, to talk yeah. in a normal voice more. That's sort of where I've where I've fallen on him. Like he played the villain in the abominable, the abomination that was Star Trek Beyond, and it was just a total waste of his acting talents because he was talking in a weird voice. He had makeup on almost the entire time, and you know, again, how he. Where, where we've seen him shine in Luther and then of course in The Wire like mm. he's, a, he's a great actor and like you just is. let him do Idris Elba things like you don't need to make him too you know you can make him complicated sure and I don't mind him playing a villain you know every once in a while but no. stop dressing him up stop you know making him superhero things where you're not watching him you're watching whatever powers he has as Heimdall in the MCU or now you know we're seeing the supervillain uh, and Hobbs and Shaw. So yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I I need to we need to see him more in movies like Beasts of the Southern Wild and right. other things where you can really just let him be him. Yeah, you know, just uh, sort of I like, think you mean Beasts of No Nation. Oh, did I? What did I say? Beasts of the Southern Beasts Wild. Beasts of the Southern Wild. Oh. Is a very very different movie. <laughs> well, are there two movies though? There two. Yes. Oh, that's funny. What's Beasts <laughs> of the Southern Wild? Beasts of the Southern Wild is the one about um, the little girl. Uh, after like the um, hurricane in New Orleans, I think, and she's oh, like looking yeah, for her, yeah, that's for her the, like real mom or something. Yeah, that's not the movie I meant. Yeah. That's not the movie that you <laughs> meant. You meant the yeah, I know the Netflix one from a couple of years yes. ago. And I'm not even sure. No, there's a big and there's a big outcry that you know he should be the next James Bond, and I think he would be a fun. You know, it could be an interesting James Bond, but. I, I, we need to see him play complicated characters. I don't want to see be purely good. I don't want to see purely mm. evil. I really want to see take on really nuanced uh, takes and a little bit more maybe Oscar Beatty type movies. Um, so, uh, so okay. So we're both in line with that. Uh, is there anything else on this movie you want to touch on before we get to see? Don't see. No, let's get into it. All right. For those of us joining us for the first time, <laughs> See Don't See is a way for us to quantify our interest in seeing the movie that's being released this week. Instead of us just saying, eh, we, I kind of want to see this or I don't really want to see this, we're going to put a number to it. So I'm going to read out several categories that relate to actors, actresses, directors, plot elements, trailer elements, 
of the movie, and then we're going to score each of those categories based on negative three to positive three, with negative three being we do not want to see this based off this category alone, positive three being we are all in to see this. We'll add up our scores, and we'll see how interested we are. Ken, are you ready? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, let's start with The who's Rock. Ever really, who's ever really ready for no one, no one's See, ever Don't ready. See? <laughs> Truly ready. Let's start with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Um, I am... Uh, yeah, I'm a three. Really? I love the I love the rock. I, I there's no getting around it. It goes back to you know, it goes back to the Monday Night Wars and the <laughs> attitude era with wrestling. Yeah. It's just, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. I, I make I make no I make no bones about it. And I, I have I say it without any shame. Yeah. I was two on I'm all him. in on the rock. I was a two on him for a while. So here's the funny thing about him and Fast and Furious. Hobbs, um, Hobbs is the role I think he was perfect for because he could really show at least a PG thirteen, if not our side of him, like be just mm-hmm. being a total badass um, and just sort of unleashes his rockiness. Um, his other movies, he's a little bit more generic-y and you know he's got natural charisma, which shows in every movie, and he's he's talented. But mm-hmm. I think his full personality doesn't come out until he gets to a role like Hobbs in the Fast and Furious movies. So. My answer, just generally, if all I know is it's him movie, I think I'm a slight one. Um, if I know it's him in Fast and Furious, I'm more. I'm definitely a two, if not a three. But the question is just a rock, so my answer would be a one. Like, honestly, I think the perfect role for him, weirdly enough, was the Jumanji sequel. He got to really... <laughs> the, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, he got to flex yeah. like every acting... Uh, capability that he has yeah there's a yeah. little bit of comedy yep. uh you know action muscle and, mm-hmm. and and then yeah just the charm and and everything that makes the rock the rock yeah that's a very that's a compelling argument and i really couldn't uh fight you on that that's uh that's absolutely all right next jason statham see or don't see hmm i'm probably at like a one with him um I don't go out and see everything that he's in, uh, but what I've what I've seen of his, I've mostly enjoyed. But I, I mean, I've definitely stayed away from some of his stuff too. So, and I'm a three on Jason Statham. So just, <laughs> if he again, I said before, yeah. if he's reading the phone book on the big screen, I'm in. Just just get just get me there. Idris Elba. Oh, I'm a big fan of his, going mm-hmm. all the way back to the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I, I kind of feel like the movies haven't figured out how to how to get the most out of them yet. Yeah. And so I feel he's a little underutilized. So I'm probably with that gonna go with a two. Mm-hmm. I agree two as well. Until they figure when they figure him out, I'm a three. But until then, I'm a two. All right, uh, Fast and Furious spinoff. Uh, all you know is it's a Fast and Furious presents and it's a spinoff Fast and Furious. I, I can't that. I can't believe that we're living in a world <laughs> where, where where Fast and Furious presents is a thing. <laughs> if you if you told two thousand and one me that this was happening, I, I I would not know what to do with that information. <laughs> I, I, I concur. Especially after the fourth one when it just looked like they had no idea what they were doing. But Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I'm probably. I mean, the last few have been pretty good. It's it's the it's the franchise that's that's weirdly gotten better as it's aged, which is right the rarest of things. So yes. the fact that they're doing a spinoff, um, I mean, I guess I got to give them the benefit of the doubt for now. So I'd, I'd say, uh, against my better judgment, I, I'd say I'm at a two. Wow. Um, so if this is legitimately in the franchise, I'm a two. If it's, uh, it might be a strong one. I'm not sure, but it's a spinoff. I don't know who's in it. It's just sort of like in the world of it. Much, much less interested. Um, probably a zero. I'm a zero on that. Okay. Okay. A couple more. Uh, all you know about the movie is it has weird, I should say weird, it has crazy stunts like pulling helicopters down by hand, <laughs> just like outrageous <laughs> stunts like that. Uh, see or don't see. Well, see, that's outrageous for most people, but not for The Rock. <laughs> not, not for The Rock. Have yeah. you, I mean, have you seen his Instagram? No, I haven't, no. <laughs> but. Uh yeah, pulling crazy things out of the sky or weird, weird crazy feats of strength. Yeah, um, yeah, just really big time stunts like that. Uh, I'll put that at like a a solid one, bordering on two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, me too. I'm a one, strong one. Uh, all you know about the movie is it's a movie where like the heroes who don't have superpowers take on a villain that has like super, some type of superpower or some super strength or super mm. something. Uh, that's all you know about the movie is that super plot soldier. Up. Yeah. It um, mm. Not as common as you think, but it's not, it more, but it should be more common. It probably should. It, although saying that it probably shouldn't, cause then it would be way overdone. <laughs> right. And then I would hate, hate it a lot more than I actually, you know, <laughs> right. I actually kind of like it right now. So I would, right. I would uh I'd put that at a one. One. I like that as the, the underdogs for the, the good guys. The deck is yeah. stacked against them having to fight this guy that uh it feels like insurmountable odds even though the numbers are in their favor. Well and that's a funny thing is so I would say I think we've seen the reverse more than this. We've seen superheroes take on villains with that are not superheroes or super villains, I should say. Most uh-huh. famously, of course, Superman and Lex Luthor. Um, you know, the, the first ones uh, to start off, and of course, most recently, the Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home. Spoiler alert! Sorry, um, unless you count the drones as sort of a superpower, yeah. uh, <laughs> which I do not. So, you know, obviously, that's much less interesting because superheroes should win, and you know, whatever. Uh, but non-superheroes take a supervillain. Now you have, you've upped the level of difficulty quite a bit. And how do they take him down? I'm a two. I like that plot a okay. lot. I'm a two. All right, last one. Uh, all you know about the movie is at some point in the movie, they go, the heroes have to get like back to basics. So like the, some, they get down and out and then they have to like go back to their roots and figure mm. out you know how to either train up again or just they have to go back home for whatever reason. So, mm. uh, see or no, this is a well-worn plot element. Yes, in movies. Well-worn. <laughs> we don't have we don't have all the gadgets that made us so successful. <laughs> That's right. We only have our brawn That's and right. our brains <laughs> and our family. That's... <laughs> what say you? It's it's corny, but it's still kind of effective. I'm going with a one. Yeah, I am. Uh, either a one or a two. It's always it usually works. And it's <laughs> it usually it's usually fun. You get some good jokes in there, and uh, 
you know, Rocky three yeah. was most famous about that, about that plot element. And uh, it's, it's kind of, even though it's, it's not uh, at all, like going back to basics, it's kind of like the battle of Endor kind of situation. <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, it's a good, good analogy. Uh, <laughs> so I am, again, I'm a one or two, uh, probably a one. Let's put some one for now. All right, we got some strong scores here. Uh, you are an 11 out of seven categories, and I am a 10 out of seven wow. categories. So we're pretty interested. Yeah. Nice. We got some solid interest. Okay, I have some bonus questions. I okay, have I, have, I have one bonus question for you. Okay. All right. If Jason Statham or Dwayne Johnson directed this movie, <laughs> would that make you more or less interested in it? Uh, that was Directing be a, and starred by... That would, that would be... <laughs> kind of crazy because neither one of them i believe has ever done that before <laughs> that doesn't stop these guys and <laughs> well no but also like why would you ever hand a, a movie off with a budget this size to a first-time director who's, who's because if dwayne johnson says i'll i'll fund half the movie or 75 well, budget yeah. if, you, if i direct that's that's why they'll let him yeah mm. i would i would be curious I would, I would, <laughs> yeah so I I don't think the track record's very good on like big time stars directing and star no. in their own one. I think the best example I can think of is Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Right. Um, there's some really bad examples like any George Clooney movie, um, the Robert De Niro directing A Good Shepherd. Um, I try those are the two that jump. Oh well. Ben Affleck's like a little hit or miss. His movies are good, but he's terrible in it. So it's so right. It's a little bit of a you know, little mixed. Right. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm kind of out because I just I wanted like a professional director doing it, but it could be you know it's movies movie hooks sometimes. So that's why it's a bonus question. Mm. Uh, last one: If they made a big deal about. Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham doing their own stunts in this, like they do for Tom Cruise movies. You know how, like every Tom Cruise movie, they hype up that he trained like a year to do to fly the helicopter or whatever. Uh, if they made similar hype for this movie, would that make you more or less interested? I mean, no, because I just assume the Rock does all the stunts, <laughs> anyways. And Statham too, for that matter. I, I don't, insane. I don't think you can find a stunt double that that looks like the Rock. Right. Right. So I am more interested. Because it usually means the stunts are crazy, and you know we can kind of yeah. see the stuff pretty crazy here too. But yeah, yeah, if they did their own, then it gives a realism to it that they yeah. didn't use CGI or a stunt double, you know. So right. then, all right, what's your bonus question? Okay, so if the movie had The Rock, Jason Statham, uh-huh. and Idris Elba okay. reenacting oh. the final fight from Captain America: Civil War. Would you be more interested in seeing the movie? Ooh. Like, not as a direct homage, but just like... No, but you have like that same kind of like shot where you got the two guys fighting against the one. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes! Okay, settle down. (laughs) I... I, (laughs) That went to places I was not expecting. No, I was actually channeling that famous moment in Lincoln when um, that guy who was initially pro-slavery but decided at the last minute to change his vote to wow. anti-slavery. I, I watched it recently. That's why that I was, was going to say, that's that's pretty deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a couple more reader questions. Uh, a couple, they chimed in with some bonus questions and thoughts and stuff. Uh, let's see. Tom writes, 
I was listening to your conversation in, in your podcast regarding Stuber about uh, pairs that would have done better than uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Dave Bautista. I was starting to think who could pair with Tom Cruise to make an interesting pair, except I don't think he's ever paired with another male actor mm. before. Which male actor would you want to see Tom Cruise pair up with any in any type of movie? Hmm. So I had to look this up, and uh, Tom here is right. The only movie where he's really paired with a significant male lead is Collateral, the movie Collateral. Yeah. with Jamie Foxx. And that's that's sort of a different dynamic because he's like the villain in it, and Jamie Foxx is the so, protagonist. I would, I would argue also, to a certain degree, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, no, that's a, I'm sorry. You said specifically male, male. protagonist? Male, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, that you're right, because throw that out all these other movies are female and yeah we kind of had the mission impossible movies sort of but those guys are in a lower level like he's not it, this is not a stuber or even a hobbs and shaw dynamic he has with any of the mission impossible maybe jeremy renner's the closest yeah i mean sort they of trying close. for one movie and then yeah they were like clearly this isn't going to be handed <laughs> off to him right <laughs> right Tom's, tom cruise is not letting go of this no no so yeah, no, I thought so. I'm, I couldn't honestly, I couldn't really think of a guy. I mean, I could think of like interesting pairings, but Tom Cruise is such a weird animal because he's such, he's still such, a, like, mm, his personality is so unique. That I can't really think of a compliment. Yeah, um, maybe that's why they just never cast him with anybody because he just wouldn't play well, or just you know his movie personality wouldn't play well mixed well with others. Me, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a really great question. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's not a quickly answerable question. Uh, so, Tom, thank you for thank you for that. That was great. A uh, couple others. Um, Jim writes, could you if could you guys see a prequel uh, for the Fast and Furious franchise? If so, who would you want to see it about? Uh, my answer is no. I don't. I don't want to see a prequel for the, for this franchise. Uh, inevitably, they probably would do one for. It's Dom coming. Oh, you know, I'm sure it's coming. If Paul Walker is alive, I'm sure they would do one oh, about, him, yeah. about him days before you know the first Fast and Furious becoming movie. A, becoming an agent, right? Something along those lines. I, I don't know how it would be interesting, but I'm sure something's coming. How much? I got, I got a question for you. How much? How much do you think they regret? Killing off Gal Gadot. Oh, what movie was? She, which one was she in? She was in uh, f- like four and five. And oh, I think really? she got. Oh. I think she was. She, oh, she might have died in six. I can't remember. Oh, I don't remember. Oh. I think she might have died uh, during the final, uh, f- like with the the tw- twenty mile long uh, runway on the airport. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Interesting. I, I did not remember her being in those. Yeah. Hmm. It was before she got huge. Okay. Obviously. Last question. Uh, could you see them announce... Could you see a world where they try and make this Fast and Furious a shared universe with Ma- Mad Max Fury Road, mm. where Mad Max is actually the you know like an ancestor of dominic toretto or something along those lines and of course he learns how to <laughs> drive car you know drive cars fast in the desert uh the answer is yes why not I mean, witness me <laughs> uh, absolutely there's no reason it couldn't be and uh let's make it so let's yeah just, i mean 
I, I say no, let's not make it so, but <laughs> I, I say I can sadly totally see that being a a crossover <laughs> possibility. <laughs> okay, so thank you for the questions. If uh, you have questions about, and again, this is the last episode of the summer season. If you have any questions about any of the podcasts we've done or anything you want to see us answer, please email onstagebop at gmail.com. That's onstagebop at gmail.com. I'll read that again at the end of the podcast. All right, let's get to uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. And I don't believe reviews are out yet for this movie, which is making Ken Jones sweat a little bit. This is on his yeah. fantasy movie roster. You know what? I just thought of something. What's up? For Tom Cruise. Okay. It would have to be someone that could, uh, that would be a comedic uh, foil. Okay. To- Mm-hmm. So someone maybe like obviously Ben Stiller has worked with him in the past. <laughs> He's also imitated Tom Cruise in right. the past on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um. Uh, so so like Ben Stiller or maybe like Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Anything about Paul Rudd? Hmm. Just food for thought. Paul Rudd. Okay, let's chew on that. Or let's or maybe um. Yeah, uh, Joan, like Jonah Hill or something. Okay, all right. Let's that get to my suggestion. Jonah Hill. All right, let's. So we don't have any reviews yet for Fast and Furious, so that means we get to make some bonus predictions. We get to predict the tomato score. So, Ken, why yeah, start off. What do you think the tomato score is going to be? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm worried about this. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's only Tuesday and. You know, embargoes don't usually lift until Wednesday, but I got a feeling this one's going to be like 57, 58, 59, 60%, mm. somewhere in that range. Okay. And okay. personally, I need it to be somewhere in like the mid to high 70s. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, just to let everyone know, I am projected to win this fantasy movie uh, league. Um, Ken basically needs. Fast and Furious to probably do a box office around three hundred million, and uh, again, Rotten Tomato are in the seventy to eighty range. Yeah, uh, I basically got to get like one hundred eighty million from this by the end of August. Yeah, yeah. or I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, oh. it's unlikely to happen anyways. But. Yeah. All right. So, what's your prediction? Uh, yeah, probably fifty nine percent. Fifty nine percent. Okay. Uh, I had written down 68%. I'll stand by that. I, I hope uh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't... This is going to get a share of negative reviews. I mean, again, you, you never know because you, ha- you have the movies like John Wick where the critics just kind of, you know, go all in on the premise and just that it's going to be ridiculous action scenes and they could just love it and give it, you know... Uh, reviews. I just I don't see a movie with Statham being like that. They're them kind of fawning over it like that. I'm so I'm sticking with sixty eight percent. Box office. All right, box office predictions. So the track the official tracking put up by the studios is about sixty to sixty five million. Uh, our pals at boxoffice.com they open their tracking at a hundred million. They've and that's come down since then i think they're now in 90 i think yeah i think uh, i saw 89 89 so they're around 89 million i will well actually 
I won't say. Um, we did go over the box office review. So, general, the Fast and Furious franchise has been trending down. Um, Fast Seven peaked at 154 million adjusted. Uh, Fast Eight was at 99 uh, million. So, again, while the box office trends peaked at Fast Seven and Eight was definitely came down from that after Paul Walker died. Right. So, Ken, uh, what is your prediction? I want it to be over 89 million, but I also think that I don't think it's going to. I also think the 60s are quite a bit too low. I'm going to say 70, 78 million. Oh, come on. That, that was the exact number I wrote down. <laughs> I swear to God. That well, was you should have gone first, though. I should. You're right. I should have. <laughs> so if the forecast tracking is right, so we talked about earlier where this is, I think this is sort of the box office we draw on half by Dwayne Johnson's star power and half by being Fast and Furious movie. If a 65 tracking basically suggests to me that this is going to be drawn purely by Dwayne Johnson's star power, because again, his movies, he, he's never done better than 55 million uh, opening weekend. So 65 kind of suggests that this will be like top of the line Dwayne Johnson Maybe with a little bit of dash of Fast and Furious thrown in. I I was initially going to go pretty high. I was initially just going to go ballsy and say 100. Because I know quite a few people that are excited for this. But I'm also following... I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous that the Fast and Furious interest has peaked at Fast 7. Like right when... Due to Paul Walker's, you know, um, last... Uh, movie in the Fast and Furious franchise. I'm a little concerned that, this is good, that the trends... Because, again, this is the ninth Fast and Furious <laughs> movie for all intents and purposes. But so. it's the first Hobbs and Shaw. Right, first in Hobbs and Shaw. But there's got to be... There, first there of probably many. Be, right, there should be some fatigue, box office fatigue here. So, again, the number I'd written down was 78. You know, so it's like it'd be come down from the 99 of Fate of the Furious. But you guessed 78. So <laughs> I will... You're, you're, you're delaying... I am delaying. I'm stalling. So I don't know whether to go one higher or one lower. Um, I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna. I'll go flat eighty. I will go. I'll go eighty okay. million. I'll go eighty million. So we'll see. So, folks, that wraps up our summer season. And thank you for uh, joining us for any or all of it. If you want, you can check out all the other movies. They're fairly. They're, they're not particularly time-sensitive, so you can kind of go back and re-listen to see what our thoughts were in the movie and see how horribly off we were on our predictions for, for, for most of them. Our schedule coming up... So we're going to take a few weeks off. Uh, we're going to take a little break, uh, rest and recharge. We're going to be back. So we, there will be content. Uh, there's, of course, always content on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network if you need a fix. So we're, we're most likely to take next week off uh, in two weeks, in two or three weeks, we'll be back with a preview of the fall holiday uh, movie uh, of the movie season. We're going to frame it in terms of fantasy box office, which you've heard us talk about. So Ken and I and Chris Peterson and a couple others are in a fantasy movie league, and we're going to break and we're going to break it down for you in in ter- in those terms. And just to kind of give you, so we have a, we have a piece on on screen that basically details all the rules behind uh, the fantasy box office. If you Google fantasy box office and onstage blog, it will come up. But the brief overview is it's like fantasy football, but for movies. You, right. you select movies 
from a certain time period onto your roster, and the way you get points is it's the Rotten Tomatoes score times box office. So if a movie does $100 million and box office is 80% Rotten Tomatoes score, you get $80 million. And that's basically it. You draft your movie, you select your movies at draft time. We suggest auction, but you could do it snake snake draft if you want. The and then there's you can add drop movies if you want. However you do that, it's up to you. We have suggested rules. But and then you uh, you wait and you check Rotten Tomatoes uh, Rotten Tomatoes about ten billion times yep. until you get the first reviews <laughs> and then you sweat it out. Just and keep you... hitting that refresh button. <laughs> it's really fun. I think Ken agrees. This is our favorite. Oh, it's, fantasy. It's, it's our favorite fantasy league. Yes. Uh, Ken and I we will not to brag, but Ken and I do dominate the league. We do. Uh, we, we I'm still first in number of titles, but Ken is is second place. I think I'm at eight. You have seven, I think, and everyone else is at like you know one or two, basically. And uh, so we're gonna so we're gonna start spilling our secrets a little bit now. There's gonna be we'll throw some misdirections both our ways because we're gonna record the podcast before we do our draft. So there's gonna be some Uh, misdirections going on, and maybe we don't spill all our secrets. They're not gonna listen to it anyways. People, (laughs) the people that we play against, including Chris. Well, I'm thinking about well, you. I, oh, Chris, I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about I don't that. sweat those other guys. <laughs> yeah, it's you that I'm going to throw right. some misdirections at. But it'll, but it'll, be, a lot, it'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, and you'll get a full preview of all the movies coming out. So look for that in two or three weeks. And then, uh, we'll, then we'll take another little break. And we'll be back on September 5th, September 4th, September 5th, with It Chapter 2. Which Ken has just been announced to be a nearly three-hour runtime. Um, really? Yes. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> so I think it tells you be in their pants. <laughs> they're going to have full bladders and they're going to get scared and they're yeah. going to eat their pants. That'll be a fun one for us to break down, and then we'll be back for good uh, for the fall season, probably late September, and then there might be a couple weeks we take off, but uh, but. Starting November first, we'll be back every week until Christmas time. So, uh, so again, once again, thank you for joining us, folks. Uh, check out the On Stage Blog podcast for all sorts of great podcasts about movies and theater. Ken, you're on Twitter occasionally, aren't you? Yep, uh, Ken Jones eighty one. You can find me at Greg E three three three. You can also find on screen on Facebook. Give us a follow. <sighs> Give us five stars, please, on please. Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Just five stars. That's we don't ask for money. much. We really don't ask for and much. Plus, we're giving this to you for free. <laughs> All sorts of free advice. Uh, so this summer season, uh, there's a, quite a few duds and quite a few... Um, <laughs> that stretch in June was something when we had Men in Black and mm. we had Godzilla. That was, that was quite a stretch there where we had yeah. <laughs> movies and, underperforming. And, and I went and watched them. Right, <laughs> but it'll be remembered as the summer of Disney because we had Lion King is going to break a billion, Aladdin broke a billion, Endgame of course broke a billion. I think I read that Disney's already made the most money in a year that they've <laughs> ever made, right. and it's right. it's only July. Right, right, that's no, crazy. It's, it's crazy. So, all right, uh, so that's a wrap. Again, uh, enjoy the rest of your summer. If you're going to see. Hobbs and Shaw, uh, enjoy. Go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well. Uh, For Ken Jones, I am Greg Earhart. Have fun at the movies. Adios.